What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Just Josh and Podcast. My name is Josh, and this is the podcast for the ILSA, the International League of Super Acquaintances. Man, man, am I good and glad to see you. After week 14, the last weekend of the regular season is in the books. What a wild one has been. Full of ups and downs, twists and turns, curves and, and turns. It's been absolutely amazing. As I reflect back on this year, sitting and just drinking my tea and looking out at all the city lights, the horizon of what is and what's to come, I just think back on the journey of what this what this year has really been. I mean, how many of us had the downfall of Supercam on our list? The rise of A. Varner. The Super Bowl hangover of UConn. The prominence, the turnaround of Mahomes on a hill going from 1-5 in five to Super Bowl potentially bound, playoff bound. I look back on it and I cry. I witness a dawn of a new age, one that rises with a plethora of many different choices to come. And there are men standing on a podium right now with the horizon of many different opportunities, the ability to be able to engrandize themselves to a lifetime of success, to being able to put into a hall of fame that is eternally chiseled within the very fabric of our trophies, of our walls, of our memories. Six men bound for hope who's sitting right now, right here, this week, feel emboldened with the chance of being able to see themselves glorified forever. That's hope. But on the flip side, you see six other men, beaten and downtrodden, hopes that were once found Prior to week one, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, they began this season hoping for a chance at the glory that I just mentioned, believing that their team may be able to have a chance, maybe even winning early on, thinking, I could do this. Maybe this is my year. Maybe, just maybe, by the end of all of this, I will be able to experience happiness once again. I will be able to experience joy, a joy that I have not experienced for many years, a joy that I have not experienced since Christmas morning in third grade. Maybe I will be able to experience that again. But as the weeks went by and the numbers grew smaller and the opponents grew larger, 
we broke down. Wallowing into a sea of self-pity, saying, You know what? This is just a rebuild year. You know what? I'm just retooling. 24 is my year. 25 is my year. And all the while, the sickness and the pain continues to dive even deeper into your heart. And the darkness begins to take over everything that you are. But you smile. And you say, well, Michael Pittman, one day, one day, man, he will be what he needs to be. Oh, they just traded Chase Claypool to the Bears. He's going to certainly turn it around. Romeo Dobbs, what a hero. What a great player. Certainly he'll have a future on the Packers. We say these things because we know that ultimately we have no hope left. And this pitiful, trite life that we live will wallow into a dark, deep sadness that will be lost forever. And no one will remember our name, will die with a few people surrounded by us, but not many. And without the ability to be able to place a trophy next to the picture that rests next to our casket, as we became as good as the passing members of this league, the Fry Daddies and the Indy Star Skies. Welcome to Fantasy Football. We don't do this for the fun of it. We do this for the glory. So good luck. Good luck to you six. You who are able to say that you are heading to the playoffs. Because your race starts now. So let's go ahead and get into it. I want to give a little bit of a playoff prediction, if you will, to whom I, whomst I think and believe will end up making it. What I think is going to end up, I guess, uh, yeah, okay, you know what, yeah, let's do that. Let's do a full playoff primer. This is a little bit ad-lib. I was just going to go with predictions for this next week, but let's go ahead and go. Let's do it. Let's do it, huh? Full playoff predictions. Too much honey in my tea. Um, full playoff predictions. Let's run her in. Let's go ahead and go with it. Let me pull up my playoff bracket right here and start just right at the top. This is what's going to be happening of this week. So we know that A. Varner and the Simps have a bye week this week. That means we have Zeb Greenfield or Mahomes on the Hill playing Sofa 89 and um uh, uh, Jamar and the Marrier versus Dr. Corn Wallace. 
So both these matchups are projected to be extremely close. Uh, Mahomes on a hill versus Sofa 89 is within 10 points. And then uh, Jamar on the Marrier and Dr. Cornwalls is within two points right now. Um, so let's start at the top. Let's start with Mahomes, and, uh, Mahomes on the Hill versus Sofa 89. Uh, this is going to be a tight matchup. Uh, Sofa 89 just lost Kyler Murray for the rest of the year. He has been loading up to be able to make a playoff push. He made a recent trade for Najee Harris. Um, he recently was able to snag Rex Burkhead off the waiver wire, who looks like he's going to be able to get the full plethora of the backfield to him lonesome. Um, and then on the flip side, we have Tony Pollard, who is peaking at the absolute right time for Mahomes on the Hill. Same with Tyreek Hill and Jarek McKinnon, who's had a, a very, very nice game last week. Mahomes on the Hill, we'll get into it with the weekly report, but ended up scoring the most points of anyone in this league. So it seems like his team is peaking. He started the season one and five and now is sitting eight and six. His guys are on a roll. Momentum is on his side. He has 53% chance of winning this game. I think he might win. I'm sorry, Sofa89. I absolutely love you. I love the matchup with Alvin Kamara. But Alvin, honestly, has been looking and, and trending down. Um, Mike Evans has been playing not too great recently. Uh, I believe Najee Harris is going to play this week, but he was missing practice Wednesday with an oblique injury. I don't know. I just this is going to be a tight one, but I do believe Mahomes on a hill ends up ultimately taking it away. Uh, which then leaves Mahomes on a hill playing A Varner the next week right after that. And we know A Varner's team, we know how great he could be. We know all the things that he's done. At the same exact time, his team's not really peaking too much right now. He has the opposite problem of Mahomes on a hill. Uh, right now, Ken Walker is dealing with an injury. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's dealing with an injury. His best wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins, who's been great, but Deontay Johnson really hasn't done very much. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been good. He's been pretty good, and I think that he's a worthy flex wide receiver three play. But I don't know. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with the upset. I think in the conference championship, despite the fact that he sold his soul to the devil to be able to get the picks that he needed to be able to get, I'm going to go with Mahomes on a hill. So that means I'm saying that Mahomes on a hill ends up making it into the championship game. So what happens to the rest of them? Well, we have Jamar and the Maria versus Dr. Cornwallis. And right now, Dr. Cornwallis is, is favored this week against Jamar and the Marrier. Jamar and the Mariner has not won a game uh, due to the sins of Andy Starsky in six Weeks, six weeks, he's gone without a win. That feels absolutely insane and absolutely crazy. You can't imagine that that's going to continue. But at the same time, Dr. Cornwallis has been absolutely streaking. He secured the number three spot. He has an eight and six record. He's been absolutely doing amazing. I am looking at their records right now. I'm looking at their matchups. <sighs> Recently, Andy, or, um, Jamar and the Marrier ended up making a trade for Evan Ingram. Trading away a third round pick to be able to get him. 
Josh Allen may be playing in the snow on Saturday, and he has Josh Allen. Man, this is hard. Fifty-one percent chance goes to Doctor Cornwallis as he sits at eight and six. Will the men unite around Jamar and the Marrier to be able to see them win a Super Bowl or at least advance? And I am going to say mm, yes, Doctor Cornwallis. I absolutely love your team. Prove me wrong. Take those boys out and make sure that they are able to prove the words I am saying currently wrong. Okay? I am not saying that I don't like you as a coach or I don't like you as a player or I do not believe in you. I think that you still have it. I believe that you are the underdog of this year. But a six-week uh, losing streak has to be broken. This guy cannot have gone 0-7. Oh after a seven-game win streak. All those guys are getting healthier. I feel better about it. So I am going to say Jamar and the Marrier ends up ultimately winning that week, which then ultimately puts us at the conference championship between the Simps and Jamar and the Marrier. Oh, boy. Joe Burrow versus Jamar Chase. I got to set up. Uh, this is going to be really hard, and it's hard to see without the matchups and the injuries that we know. But, but, despite Jamar and the Marrier putting up the best fight that they can and fighting for this new coach who actually believes in him, this, unlike Andy Starsky, I'm going to say that the Simps end up ultimately winning the conference championship and end up facing... Mahomes on a hill in the conference championship. It's the Sims versus Mahomes on a hill. Two pinnacles of elite society. Those that we would be able to enshroud greatness upon. But only one can be the victor. And as his men peak at the right time, as they come to climax, I believe that the Sims ultimately pulled this one out and are reigned, are crowned reigning champions of the ISLA for the third year in a row. For the third year that we've had the championship in a row. If that makes any sense. And the Sims are your ultimate champions. So follow that whichever way you will. I believe that the Sims will end up being the champions, but I think anything can end up doing it. Don't hear me wrong. I know Avon is going to come after me for my hot takes. But come at me. Now, one little last bit of news that I think that we need to talk about because uh, it was within... Um, you know what I'm about to talk about. And of course, I'm talking about the fact that A. Varner... No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about UConn's recent debacle. Now... Swift Gibson has certainly had his his affairs, the things that he has done wrong. We watched Rob Cut purposefully start an injured player to tank. And this past week, I'm just going to state the facts, okay? Four weeks, 
four days before, four days before Sunday, Tom Brady is cut. And I get it. He's a 45-year-old quarterback on a rebuilding roster. That's okay. But Tom Brady is cut. At that time, there is no healthy QB on the roster. So Jimmy Garoppolo has already been declared out. Trey Lance has already been declared out. Okay? Kyle Trask is then picked up. So no healthy quarterback on the roster. Third-string quarterback is being placed into the starting uh, rotation. Kyle Trask is placed out on Sunday, and he can't play. UConn goes ahead and starts him. Now, UConn doesn't have a first-round pick, which means it doesn't seem like it's going to end up benefiting him in any way. And honestly, it didn't end up benefiting him in any way, right? Because ultimately, because of his points for, despite having the same roster with Supercam, I'm sorry, despite having the same record as Supercam, he ultimately, it, it just didn't end up mattering. So even if he won or he lost, it just wouldn't have mattered in the standings at all um, because of Supercam's win. Now, going into the week, he didn't know that. If Supercam would have won and he would have lost, he would have been bumped up one extra spot in his his draft. Um, so it's not that big of a deal, but there's a chance that you have a little bit of a shakeup in the rankings. Same with, I believe if captain James would have lost, he would have been bumped up two spots. I'm not saying that's the motive, but if you're coming up with a motive, that's the one. Here's all I'm saying. One, it's a little, it's just suspect. It's just weird that you would drop a starting quarterback who's healthy, who's going to score points to pick up one that's not when you don't have any other healthy players on your roster, and then you're going to start him knowing that he's going to be out or that he's not going to play. That's all I'm saying, okay? That's weird. I don't know why you would do that. Even if you're just like, well, whatever, I'm a rebuilding roster. I'm just going to go ahead and play players. If it doesn't matter at all, then why not just start Tom Brady, right? If it's just no big deal and you don't have a first-round pick and you don't really care about that, then just start Tom Brady. Two... Not only is it weird, it's weird to me how much UConn went after, rightfully so, rightfully so, players like Swift Gibson for starting a bad roster, Vrabel Body Men for starting a bad roster, Rob Cutt for starting a bad roster, for starting rosters that had players either that were hurt or weren't their best studs. He went after them. He publicly targeted them and stated their status in the in the chat. And that's good. That is good behavior to have in this league. We need to call out when people are potentially thinking about cheating because all of us are liable to temptation, right? All of us are liable to that. But it's weird to me that you would call out individuals that are doing this and then you and go you go and you actually do it you start a player that's hurt or sorry not even hurt you start a player that's out when you had a perfectly capable quarterback days before the game and you knew that all of your other quarterbacks were going to be out and then to double down i'm just venting now 
here's all I'm saying. I just, I think it sets a bad precedent because what would have stopped me, or I'm sorry, Swift Gibson this past year or next year from dropping all of his quarterbacks, you drop a player like Mike White, you drop a player like, uh, I don't know, all the poop poop that I that Swift Gibson has, Davis Mills and all these players, and then just starting Jordan Love every week. I don't get, I don't think that the commissioners would stand for that. I don't think that anybody would stand for that. And I know UConn, if you're listening, I don't, I doubt you are. I know you're, you may be frustrated and you mad at me, but that's the reality is that I would have been called out for behavior like that. And so guess what? All of us are just going to call you out as well. And we're just going to say it. We're going to make fun of it. We're going to joke about it just like you do because it's not fair. And despite the fact that it may not matter, despite the fact that it was potentially didn't really impact anything that big, it just still is weird and it's strange. And it ultimately ends up opening the avenue and valley for us to be able to, for me to drop all my quarterbacks next year and start Jake Browning at quarterback when he's the third string quarterback for the Bengals every single week. Because now it's fine because I didn't have a healthy quarterback on my roster. That just is stupid. If there's a healthy quarterback that you had three or four days before, why not just start them? To me, it just is unfair and it sets a precedent that goes forward in the future. But here's the thing. I know that many people looked at my behavior and all the things that I was saying, all the things that I'm saying right now, and they're thinking that I'm crazy. They're thinking that I'm insane. They're thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about and that I'm harping on something that doesn't ultimately matter because it didn't end up impacting anything that happened. But I am not crazy. I'm not crazy. I know that he purposely started Kyle Trask to up his draft position. I know that he purposefully dropped Tom Brady four days before Sunday. As if I ever can make such a mistake. Never. Never. I just, I just couldn't prove it. He covers tracks. He got that idiot that he matched up with to lie for him. You think this is something? You think this is something? You don't think this is bad? This chicanery? He's done worse. That billboard? Are you telling me that a man just happens to fall like that? No, he orchestrated it. Yukon. He defecated through a sunroof and I saved him and I shouldn't have I took him to my own league what was I thinking he'll never change he'll never change ever since he was nine always the same he couldn't keep his hands out of the cash drawer but not our Yukon couldn't be our precious Yukon stealing him blind and he gets to be a league winner what a sick joke I should have stopped him when I have the chance. And you, you have to stop him. You'll... I'm not. I'm not crazy. I just want... I just want what's right to be done. That's all. That's all.
All right, let's go ahead and get into the weekly report. Uh, Mahomes on the Hill was the best player of the week this past week. He ended up scoring 183 points, which was absolutely amazing. But on the flip side, poop in his bed was for able-bodied men, only scoring 70 points this past week. It's kind of sad. Brave Body Man had a chance to be able to get into the playoffs, but ultimately didn't end up getting in because of what had happened. He had a weird game where Jalen Waddle ultimately didn't end up scoring as many points as he was hoping for him to score, and it just did not work out too well. The number one player of the week was Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram. That Evan Ingram ultimately ended up winning or ultimately ended up coming close to winning the week, scoring almost 40 points at tight end for Swift Gibson before he ended up shipping him out because Swift Gibson did not potentially want to win that game, yet he was starting his best players in a healthy roster to be able to ensure the fairness of this league. The bench warmers of the week, at running back, the number one bench warmer was Jarek McKinnon. He wasn't started by Mahomes on a hill. Can you imagine if Mahomes on the hill would have started Jarek McKinnon? He would have scored 32 more points. That means that he would have potentially gone over 200 points. But it was absolutely insane. The least efficient manager of the week and was very, very close to being the poopiest manager of the week was Sofa89, who ended up losing this past week but only scoring 71 points this past week. The biggest blowout was Supercam scoring 130 points. His guys ended up rallying big time as they felt like uh, they had to fight for something that they loved and the fact that they ended up ultimately losing this past week to Swift Gibson in an embarrassing fashion. And so they end up needing that to be able to win. Sorry. A lot on my mind. Um, the... Ad of the week. The ad of the week. I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm, I'm way off my game. Thanks so much for listening. That was a crazy week of, of sports. We, the weekly report was absolutely insane. But this this episode is sponsored by Haircraft Co. It's a sea salt spray. Uh, I got the sea salt salt spray with Mediterranean sea salt. It gives my hair a light hole with an all-natural finish. And uh, it has water, magnesium sulfate, polysorbate sea salt. Uh, all you got to do is be able to shake the bottle, spray thoroughly into clean hair, and work into roots with fingers or brush. It airs or blow dries for a natural-looking, tousled beach waves. I recently have received a mullet on my head, and because of that, I like to throw in this little sea salt spray and make it look like it's nice and ruffled. Sea salt, hair craft, master your craft. I don't know. I'm off my game. Let's finish this out with the uh, with the old power rankings of the week. The last and final power rankings that will be established just basically with the bottom six. At number one, I have the Simps. The Simps are at number one. 
did absolutely amazing this past week. He's going to continue to do amazing. Let his guys heal up and do well. And number two, I have A. Varner. Team is just great. Uh, could have had a, a loss this past week. Um, only won by 10 points, but um, the team looks good. They're going to be able to get a bye. They're going to be able to get healthy, and they're going to be able to continue to do what they need to do to be able to be amazing. And number three, Mahomes on a hill, which is a big, big riser, but because of his core that he has, they're going to be able to take over this league, and they're going to continue to be able to be good. At number four, I have Dr. Korn. Dr. Korn looks amazing. He's eight and six. He was able to secure that three seed. I think that his team has a few different holes, but they're not too insane. Maybe that high end. I mean, he has Devontae Adams and a few great players, but they can be volatile. At the same time, I think they're great. They're going to be a dark horse going into the playoffs. And number five, I have Sofa89. Yes, his team didn't do super great last week. Yes, his team might be not peaking. But at the same time, I think that they can rally. I think that they can do well. He's a great coach, and he's going to be able to coach him up. At number six, I have Jamar and the Marrier. High-end talent that surrounds a core foundation of this team. I think that he's going to be able to be good for years to come. And despite the 0-7 record, I think that his team is going to be able to be to rally and play well going into the playoffs. At number eight, I have UConn. UConn's team is actually unbelievably amazing. I'm sorry. At number seven, I have Rabel Body Men. Just barely missing out on the playoffs. His team is surrounded with so many core players that they're going to be able to do many different things for many years to come. This is actually probably a best-case scenario for him because not only does he not make it into the playoffs, but he gets the 106 to be able to use on a high-end wide receiver that's going to be able to take him over the top. At number eight, I have UConn. Great young core, a great future ahead. Three, 24 firsts. He's going to be absolutely amazing, and I think that he's going to be able to do a lot of different things. At number nine, I have Supercam. Supercam has a lot of great running backs, but not a lot of great wide receivers, but they're getting healthier. However, I think that his team is capped by age. We'll see if he can do anything with the wide receiver position this offseason. At number 10, I have Captain Jameis. I think he can be contender next year, but he has a great wide receiver core that's going to be able to do many different things for years to come. His running back room needs to be, get a little bit more of a facelift, but as many second-round picks he has next year with his running back classes coming out, I think he's going to me do some awesome things. At number 11, I have Swift Gibson. Swift Gibson has a lot of athletic, high-end, not high-end, athletic potential players. But they just haven't been able to pull it off just yet. Will they be able to? I don't know. We'll see for years to come. But right now, they all suck. At 12, I have Rob Cut. Rob Cut has three first round picks in the top five. He's going to be able to secure a high end running back at the 101 and then flip around and get the two of the top three wide receivers in the draft. I think his team's going to be great for years to come, but this year is not his year. Thank you so much for listening to the Just Shot Podcast. I do want to say this I love UConn, I love this league. I love everything about it. So just because there's a little bit of ruffle in our feathers, it's okay. We're all just joshing around. <coughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's not. Here's all I know. Because of week 14, if A. Varner ultimately ends up going to the playoffs, or I'm sorry, he's in the playoffs. If he ends up going to the championship, 
because of this and because of the fact that a illegitimate player was started in his roster on on his opponent's roster there will forever be an asterisk placed upon his season on a varner's season for years to come and you just wonder about the momentum and the uh headspace that the players are in right now as they know that this may be stolen valor Thanks for listening to the Josh 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 on podcast. Uh, we're so glad that you listened in. Have a great night. Goodbye.